You're listening to the Don't Tell My Grandma podcast. I am here to sing you a song that I don't know the lyrics of. I am here to sing you a song <laughs> because you're always singing songs. <laughs> Very nice opening. Thank you. <laughs> you are a wordsmith, a lyricist. Oh, wow. That's the most amazing compliment that I've ever received. Write that on my tombstone. Okay. He was the, the wordsmith of the century. I am the wordsmith. Kanye, get out of the way. Mariah Carey, get out of town. What is another one? She's not, oh my gosh. Eminem, you're there fired. There you go. I wouldn't say Mariah Carey is the actual wordsmith. Oh, some people She's, say she is. Really? Some people. There are some Mariah Carey fans out there. I'm not saying that she's like, she deserves the credit. She definitely does. But she's more known for other things like her vocal range. Those high notes that she hits are like, I don't even know how to describe how high they go. But Oh my God, the Mariah Carey stands are going to cancel us. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> She's a great artist. She's a great artist. We love her. Yeah. She's from Canada, right? Canada? I think so. I don't know. I am I guess I'm not a true stan because I don't really know anything well, about her. Well, there you go. Join the group. <laughs> Join the club. Join the club. <laughs> hey, Juan, are you, are you disappointed that you're not at the Olympics right now? I am extremely disappointed. I feel like my heart Are has you? been pulled out of my chest. What? And now I'm I'm joking. Of course <laughs> I'm not. I don't care. <laughs> who would care? Some people do. People who had booked tickets and who are yeah, waiting for this moment. Yeah, we have friends who are also very, very disappointed. Yeah, people were really looking forward to this opportunity of not only living in Japan, but attending the Olympics that are held here. Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest. If... Any of this, like, you know, the pandemic and everything, if nothing of that was happening and mm -hmm. I have the opportunity to go to the Olympics, I will be very stoked. I'll be very yeah. excited. Yeah. But given the circumstances, you're like, oh, I don't no. want anything to do with it. No. Okay. No. That's fair. That's fair. Also, the season, like, if it wasn't happening in Tokyo, August, July, August... I would be so much more stoked, yeah. but I'm very much a recluse right now. Like, don't, don't make me get out of my house for more than 20 minutes, <laughs> even for the Olympics. Like, okay, if you're in a stadium, if you have shelter from the sun and air conditioning, yeah. fine. But I don't know how those athletes are withstanding the heat right now. The ones who have to actually participate in the outdoor events well there there are some people who have already suffered heat stroke yeah, yeah. it's honestly a death sentence <laughs> like i know they prepare themselves mm -hmm. for pretty rough conditions extreme conditions but yeah. this is in another level yeah i mean apparently japan like the committee the Olympic Committee failed to mention how hot it gets here in the summer, which quote unquote fail. Yeah, yeah. They conveniently left it out. Oh, sorry, that page was not included on the PDF. <laughs> Yikes. Exactly. Sorry. 
Yeah. Well, we'll bring you more about the updates in Tokyo since we live here and we kind of have a gist of what's going on. But for now, let's hop right into it. Jump right in, leap in, two feet, one foot. (laughs) (laughs) You see where I'm going with this? It's too bad we don't have a camera today because just to see that face, it is, I am so blessed to be in the room. (laughs) I love you, baby. I love you too. Let's bring that music. Yay! Welcome to the Don't Tell My Grandma podcast, brought to you by... Oh, shit, I messed up. (laughs) (laughs) You can try again, it's fine. Should I start from the beginning? Whatever, wherever you want to go. Welcome to the Don't Tell My Grandma podcast, coming to you from our cozy abode in Tokyo. We offer candid and cultured conversations that maybe your grandma is not ready to hear. But nevertheless, we persist in bringing you the fun conversations that you love. I am your host, Wendy, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Juan. Juan, can you tell me a little bit about yourself today? Oh, I'll be delighted to tell you about myself today. Although I feel like I am more happy for you to say things about me. How about that? Well... Today, I actually wanted to put a twist on it and introduce ourselves. So just so the listeners can get to know us a little better, because I feel like we haven't been focusing so much on ourselves and our dynamic in this past season. And we've been so lucky to have on guests from different walks of life from different places in the world who have brought so much value to our podcast, to our lives. But and to our listeners. Yes. To kind of return back to why we started this podcast in the first place and remind our listeners who we are and give them a little, a bigger picture of what we're trying to do in this world. Yeah, not only to our listeners, but to ourselves too. I feel like we were getting too much into it and and, and getting a bit lost in trying to produce a type of content that we both enjoy and we feel it's bringing a lot of value, but also... Mm is not necessarily us and so we want to you know go back to basics go back to what our listeners loved right while also sometimes producing more valuable educative conversations and interviews with people who are very enlightening and smart and uh, their voices need to be heard mm-hmm. anyway so i want to say again i don't want to i don't want to feel like very narcissistic but I am a tech enthusiast. I would say that's very accurate. A motivational junkie. Mm-hmm. And also a 
unshakable optimist. Oh, yes. Those three things hold very true to you, I would say. Thank you. Yeah. It's not like we brainstorm to think about those things. No. Nope. These just these are just so organic, like yeah. popping into our brains as we speak. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd like to introduce myself as first and foremost a certified goofball because that is who I am at my core. <laughs> That's what we both are. Yes. We both share a little bit of that. That's right. In different ways. I'm a lover of all things dogs, especially especially the big dogs, but we don't discriminate here. And I also pour my heart into my creations. I'm working on how to say this, but I'd like to believe that I try to add a little extra. Like I try to put as much thought and love into the things that I make, especially for other people. Yeah, I would say that it's not a very concise way to say it, but everything you touch has a unique, windy personality. It's like it makes it special and uh, invaluable. Aww. Not only for the person who receives it, but like it's it's just every single piece of art or letter that you've you've made not only for me but for your friends is just invaluable i feel mm. there's there's very few ways to say it and if you have anything else that can describe us since you have been our listeners for so long help us out here <laughs> yeah please send us uh an email to podcast at don't tell my grandma.com or reach out to us through our socials yay yay at a journey for wisdom that's right you know all right you know the ways you know the ways yeah Okay, well, that's a little bit about us. And now we're going to jump into the topic today that you lovelies have actually requested that we do based on the poll that we sent out on Instagram a while back. Yeah. So we're finally getting to it. And today we're going to talk about a subject that is probably something that we've all experienced, right? especially after such a trying couple of past years that we've all, that the whole world has gone through. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's been exacerbated by the turmoil mm -hmm. that the world has been experiencing. And uh, it's more important than ever to be able to have these conversations about this. Yeah, yeah. So today's topic is having difficult conversations with loved ones, family and friends, or people close to you. Have you had a lot of experience in this even before the pandemic? Well, I mean, when, when you have siblings, it's... Hard to avoid. Yeah, that you have to experience constantly, especially if you're the eldest. Mm. And uh, thankfully, my siblings are very mature. But they haven't always been, right? They haven't always been, yeah, of course. But uh, they've grown very quickly. And... Uh, Usually they they have a very, uh, not unique, but like we all think in a similar way. Mm. So. Very specific yeah. uh, circumstances. We usually have agreements most of the time. But that's not to say that we haven't had any clashes or disagreements. And of course, I've had disagreements with friends and with extended family members, which it's pretty common, you know. And thankfully, it's not anything that has lead to, like, you know, violence or anything like that. Right. But 
it's it's damaging sometimes to relationships. Well, I want to go back to one thing that you said, which was agreements. And I think that's very important in um, healthy communication, and especially when you're dealing with confrontations and maybe mm-hmm. negative um, communication or mm-hmm. conversations that you're having. So I think having to drop the expectations and go into an interaction with the willingness of making an agreement can really impact the outcome of that interaction. Yeah. I think it so often we go in with the expectation that the person we're, co- we're talking to is going to feel a certain way or is going to react a certain way. And sometimes we go in with that expectation that they're going to change or we want them to change. So that, is the desired outcome, right? But I think it's better to focus more on making an agreement that both parties are willing to come to together rather than setting up, setting yourself up to fail and the other person to fail. Mm. What do you think about that? That's very true. The power of agreement is sometimes misunderstood. We, we are susceptible to feeling always like we are in the right. Like we need to convince the other person to our side, to mm-hmm. the, the view that we have. Mm-hmm. And as you said, we have the expectation that we're going to convince the person or that some sort of change of mind is going to happen. But the truth is that firstly, having expectations is dangerous because... People will rarely ever meet your expectations. And secondly, if you don't lay some middle ground, as you said, it's very difficult, especially recently with everything that's been happening, to uh, reach a point of agreement about the reality of the situation, especially depending on the situation, of course, but at least being able to very like coming from a loving place to establish like okay you care about your health Mm -hmm. and i care about your health right let's agree that that's that's the case yes and then from that from that point on keep building yeah uh, on top of that and eventually you can find a compromise and, and that's another thing that I wanted to bring, to be open to uh, making compromises with the other person, like offering compromises and also receiving compromises because you can't always have it your way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes because of the kind of society that we live in and how we've been educated, we kind of feel like we are the victim and we should be compensated. We always fall into that position of like, no, I'm the one in the right. Mm-hmm. You need to get to my level, get to my point of view. Mm-hmm. And um, it is difficult. Having difficult conversations with family members and friends is not a position I, I envy. And and every time I see myself in that position, I I really dread it. But I know how important mm. they are. Mm-hmm. 
So I always take it seriously and come from a loving place. Yeah. I want to I wanna talk about, you kind of touched on how to have these kinds of conversations. And one key thing that you mentioned is coming to a mutual agreement or establishing common ground. So say you and your sibling are arguing about who's going to take care of dad because he's reaching you know he's aging he's aging he's reaching his late 80s or something Mm -hmm. and one of you feels like option a is the best the other option is pushing more towards option b but i think in times of tension especially and um, heightened emotions it's easier to kind of pull away from that person and go in your direction claiming like, Oh, my way is the best way, Mm -hmm. but it's really important to remind yourself and the other person that what we're trying to do is for the benefit of ourselves and for our family, for our dad, in this case, um, we want our dad to have the best end of his life. Yes. That's something that we can agree on and we're playing for the same team. Yes. So even though we feel like, oh, my my decision is better, it's so important to just remind yourself, like, why are we arguing about this and what's the desired outcome? With that kind of confrontations, mm-hmm. usually the disagreement comes down to the fact that both parties give more importance to different things. Mm. They both want the same outcome, but they feel that one thing is more important than other, and the mm. other one, per- the other person, feels a different way. Can you give an example of that? Like it doesn't have to be the scenario that I. Well, I mean, actually, I I wanted to build on that scenario, for okay. example. Sure. So, one person says, "I want dad to be on a nursing home because." His health is delicate, mm-hmm. and I feel like the most important thing is to have someone monitor right. uh, his health all the time. Yeah, and that is a valid valid point, mm-hmm. and and most people would say, yeah, that that's that's definitely the way to go. But what if the the other person then would say, well, we can't afford that. And if we run out of money, then we won't be able to have him in a nursing home or be able to take care of him ourselves because we will be in a precarious position. Mm -hmm. At least if we keep him in our house and we share the responsibility, Mm -hmm. we can afford the medications that he needs. And if something happens, I don't know, we'll deal with it. And you can see one person cares more about, I just want to ensure that if something bad happens, he can be taken care of. The other person is more like, yeah, but that's not sustainable. Eventually, we're going to lose that uh, position. It's going to put us all of us in, in a precarious position. Mm-hmm. And then we're all going to lose. They're caring about different things. And they're both perfectly valid. I would say there, there's not a perfect solution. You just have to come to a, to a compromise. Uh, and that's very, very common. Mm-hmm. Like the thing yeah. is that problems are not simple. Usually a, a one thing solution 
is never the solution. And There's then, many layers usually, right? There's always many layers. Mm-hmm. What I would advise in that kind of situation is, first, of course, come to the agreement that you both just want to take care of that. Yeah. Secondly, come from a loving place and be willing to make compromise. Right. And thirdly, I would say just be a bit optimistic that things will work out. Because I know in both positions are difficult. You mm-hmm. have to accept one risk or the other. Mm. One risk is we're going to run out of money and the other risk is if an emergency happens, we won't be able to deal with it. Just be a bit optimistic about one of them. Mm-hmm. And that can be very difficult for some people, especially if, you, if you've suffered some sort of trauma. Like, did you suffer an emergency and you couldn't deal with it? then you definitely don't want to ha- that to happen again. Mm-hmm. If you have been in a situation where you ran out of money, you, you were in a precarious situation financially, you don't want to be in that situation. So you kind of understand where the other person comes from. Yeah, yeah, that's really important. I think when having these difficult conversations is to educate yourself. Yes. Like, I would add to the process by saying, like, the first thing that you need to do is establish a good time when both when you're not feeling emotional when the other person is in a stable place and then going to the next step which would be educating yourself and trying to understand both sides like you said I think that's extremely important so you're not just jumping to conclusions making assumptions can also be very dangerous if you don't fully understand where the other person is coming from and then after that, asking open-ended questions to further solidify that understanding and getting to know the other person's perspective better. Um, listening is also a big thing, right? Like yes. validating the other person. Yes. I think it's a big process of communicating in general. That's an art. It is. Being able to be a good listener yeah. and validating the other person's feelings especially when you don't feelings, agree feelings feelings, <laughs> feelings that the, the feelings on the on the on the teeth <laughs> feelings so <laughs> <laughs> chillings sounds like you're saying like felons felons feelings oh felons <laughs> also have feelings they do oh yeah. yeah they do but we're we're bringing too many topics okay <laughs> okay anyways back to listening Everybody here, you know, everybody knows of active listening, but I think they're, you know, without having to overuse that term, just trying to be present and making sure that the other person is heard. You do a very good job at that with me. And I know that you worked on that really hard. And I, I think that is one of your superpowers that you've cultivated. You're very kind. Thank you. I would say that. Thank you. If you're, (laughs) if you're confused about what active listening is. Mm -hmm. I would advise you to check one of Oprah's uh, interviews. That is active listening. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic resource right there. Yeah. She is the master of active listening if you've ever seen one. That's why she is where she is. That's why she's Oprah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then after that, like after you listen to understand and really try to empathize with that person, then I think that's when you can start offering support, especially practical support, like, for example, trying to come to 
uh, solution where you can help be of service to the other person or make things easier for them. So sitting together and utilizing that time to brainstorm how you can work together, I think is a good way to maybe close that interaction, that conversation. In a way, I feel like it's better to say, as I was saying, like be willing to make compromise and in a way kind of saying, even if you come from a position where you know the other person is wrong and they need to do something for you, for example, like you haven't been washing the, the dishes and we are living in this house together. If that was an argument and the other person is entrenched in their feelings of being hurt because you're questioning their commitment or something, mm-hmm. you you could say like, okay, how about I do it tonight, but you have to start doing it from tomorrow and we can do one day well, I don't, but I also, I wouldn't phrase it like that. Like you have to do this. You have to, you have to watch the way that you phrase right. things too sometimes. Yeah. But I, w- I was trying to emphasize the fact of be willing to compromise on, of even if the other person has, should have all the burden because they're uh, responsible, be willing to say like, I'll do it with you. And I'll I'll show you that it's not that scary or it's not that difficult. Mm, it's not okay. that painful. Okay. So in other words, let's agree to start making these changes. I'm going to be by your side 100%. I'm going to make the changes myself. Yes. And if you agree to do the same, then we're going to start making these changes from here on out. I yeah. think that's a healthy way. Of- but it is important to clarify that it also sometimes means that you have to do things that you're uncomfortable with or that you're that you might be uncomfortable with. Like, as I was saying, like I've been washing the dishes for months. Right. I just want you to help. I'll teach you how to do it well and quickly and efficiently. I'll do it with you for a week or something. And then we can share the responsibility. Mm -hmm. As many people would who have been in that position, you would feel like, no, like I've been doing it for too long. Like just learn yourself. Right. And you feel like, okay, that's justified to say that. But if you say that you're going to help the other person, are you going to be there sharing that burden to help the other person? They don't. Yeah. Be the, better? the other person doesn't feel like, oh, it's just a me thing. Exactly. I have to, I have to change overnight. It's not an attack anymore. It's a team effort. I'm trying to help you. Yeah. Yeah. And I can I can really sense if I was in that situation, I could actually sense that you care about helping me and helping us mm-hmm. too, helping our relationship, whatever that may be. A relationship of love. <sighs> yes, in our case, that's right. But if we're talking about like two roommates who hate each other, then that could be even harder, right? Yeah. Eesh. I've never been in a position where I had to live with a roommate. Hmm. Like, I think it, it must be very challenging, right? Yeah. I mean, when you're walking into a room that you're going to share for an, an entire year, like some people don't have to stay that long, but you're walking into a room, you have no idea who the other person is, where they come from, what kind of trauma they experience, and you're expected to share this 
really small space with them can be really challenging, especially if you haven't worked on the social skills, you haven't had to share spaces Mm -hmm. before in your life. Yeah, that can cause a lot of drama. That's why I'm very grateful to have shared a room with my sister up until college. So that was the perk of that. One of the many perks. Uh, well, yeah, in that sense, I, I have shared my room with my brother. Okay, yeah. So you're talking about outside of your family, right? A stranger. Right. Because you don't know how they were raised. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. But I'm saying that my upbringing with my sister helped me prepare mm-hmm. for that experience. Yeah. So let's talk about the next thing. When you are in a tense situation, mm-hmm. let's say You're being you attacked. feel like, well, not necessarily, like maybe the other person feels like they're being attacked, but you don't feel like you're... Well, that's what I mean. There's some sort of animosity. There's a lot of energy coming from the other person. They feel attacked and mm-hmm. they're being verbally abusive. I guess you kind of, I mean, that can be a situation. Yeah. But let's just say in general, mm-hmm. you feel that there are tensions building up. How do you navigate that sort of situation where you feel like the other person is just not in this mindset of willingness and openness to change his or her mind? How would you navigate that kind of conversation? Well, I think the most important thing that you have to understand when you're in that position is that it almost never comes from a place of malice. Mm -hmm. It usually comes from ignorance or confusion or hurt. So it's not personal. They're trying to make it personal, but it's because they're confused. They feel like they're being attacked. Most of the time, especially with family and friends, they don't want to hurt you. They'll f- they are feeling hurt. And that's how they react when they're feeling hurt. Mm-hmm. Saying things they don't mean and acting in ways that they regret. And so once you understand that all attacks come from a, p- a place of hurt, you can then control yourself and try to understand and also where empathize. the other person is coming. Right. Yeah, empathize. Empathize. It's very important. Empathize. So if you understand that it's all coming from a place of hurt, you can then try to understand what is it that that person is hurting from. Mm-hmm. So always asking like why questions. Like, could you explain that? Open ended. Could you questions. help me understand? Uh, why, why do you feel that way in a mm-hmm. caring, um, coming from a place of sincerity right. is very important. And that usually disarms mm. the person who otherwise would be just entrenched and, and, mm-hmm. and lashing out. Digging their, themselves deeper exactly. into their trauma. And yeah. as, as you mentioned earlier, be able to do that with grace is an art. It is extremely difficult to be able to control your emotions and keep your head cool while also navigating that difficult landmine 
of having a difficult conversation. We've seen it many times, not only with families and friends, but like yeah. how divided our country mm-hmm. is becoming. And I don't blame people. Our country who, being the U.S., right? Yes. Yeah. I don't blame people who say like, I can't have a conversation with a family member or friend. Like, I'm, I just don't have that, that capacity. Right to reach out to them from that place of pain and fear Mm -hmm. that they are trapped in. And to them, I would say like, hey, you don't have to. Like, first and foremost, your mental health is priority. Be able to take care of yourself first. Make sure that that toxicity, that constant attacking doesn't damage your mental health is priority. Once you are in a place where you can you can handle that without suffering from it, then you could approach it in a way that comes from a place of love, you know? Mm. And that is something that I've been working on for years. And, you know, I have my limits. Everybody has its limits. But if you feel like this is too much. This is damaging my capacity to to care for other people. Just like I can't. This is hurting me too much. You're perfectly allowed to to step away. Yep. Yep. Give absolutely. yourself some distance and give the other person distance. Maybe that will help you both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can always revisit the conversation too. Like if you feel like, okay, this is just not getting anywhere. Um, We're all just drowning in our own emotions or someone is just taking, you know, everything to heart and you're not really, it's not going to end well, then it's something that you can allow yourself to just end right there and then and just say like, okay, we can revisit this. Or not, but yeah, definitely prioritizing your mental health over everything is something that I want to remember. It's really good advice to share. And I want to make it clear that like this is this is very new to me. Like I I feel like there's a lot of difficult conversations that I am yet to have. So I'm learning a lot now and whatever I say is just what I'm trying to work on. It's not something that I've, you know, already mastered by any means. And I just hope that by being more aware myself that I can gain more clarity and be able to uh, better equip myself for future difficult interactions. But yeah, like if it's not something that you just arrive at, it's something that you have to keep working on throughout your whole life and every difficult conversation is going to look different because people are different so you're going to run into times where you feel like I thought I had a grip on this and I thought like I could get out of this alive or you know unscathed and maybe the conversation just goes in the exact opposite way that you thought it would or hoped it would again drop the expectation and know that you can show up in a different way the next time. Like, it's it's not something that you have to feel defeated by. 
I think the biggest expectation that you need to drop and the first one you need to drop mm-hmm. is the expectation that the other person is always going to be rational. Mm. People are rarely rational. Yeah. And emotions, the mm. language of the body, mm. usually dictates how we engage with other people mm-hmm. and where our energy goes. And for most people who always think that if I just say the right things, the other person is going to understand the disappointment when they f- when they experience like, wow, you just don't understand or you just don't see reality, my reality, right? So it can be very difficult, you know? It, it really f- makes you see a giant rift between you and the other person. Mm-hmm. Like, w- it's reconcilable. And the truth is, those are not necessarily statement, statements of what that person thinks or believes. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is tainted by the emotions that we feel at the, at the moment. And, and people can learn to see things in a different way or figure it out that they were wrong. It's not always going to be the case. Like people need space and care. Yeah. Those people who have been lost in, in fear and hurt and pain and confusion... What they need is someone who has the capacity mm-hmm. and the dexterity to uh, to approach them. Like it, it, it's it's such a delicate operation to approach someone in that position and reach out to them. In that case, the best gift that you can give to someone like that is patience yes. and time. Yeah, because going into again having the expectation that someone is going to change, especially after, what, one, two conversations, that's only setting yourself up to fail and failing them as well by putting such a heavy expectation on someone who's dealt with, who's dug themselves into years and years of habits and bad behavior, you know, toxic ideas or toxic um, mindset, Mindset. I guess. Yeah, that's really unhealthy for both of you. And... To expect someone to change on your agenda is not something that I want to do to someone I care about. Yeah. I would say that coming from a place of love is the only way to build a bridge towards a place of, a place of fear. And sometimes you're not the one who has to build that bridge. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes we have this mentality that only I can make you understand. Mm, Yeah. Only I can save you. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to let go of that, again, expectation, that idea that only we are capable of doing those things. Sometimes helping people is a community effort. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's also a matter of time. Yeah. And again, emphasize, empathize, em- 
emphasizing on self-care. Sometimes you just have to accept I'm not capable of reaching out to you and I'm sorry. You're just not in that I space. Just, yeah. I need I need to take care of myself and I hope that someday you can see the light. That's a really good way of displaying your strength and setting boundaries. And always, always making sure that the other person understands that you love them. And you're always going to be there. Never, never burn bridges. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing that you do really well, by the way. When we have our arguments, you always make sure that you set a boundary for yourself. Like, I'm trying to process this issue, but I will let you know when I'm ready to talk about it. And when you do that, you always make me feel like it's it's not something that I'm going to distance myself from you because I don't love you. Like, I, I want to take my time and think on, on this, but remember that we're always going to love each other no matter what. We just need time. So that's something that I strive to be better at, too. And by you leading by example is really something I'm grateful to have. I love you. Can I ask you one more question? Maybe you have another question, too. You didn't too. say anything. I oh, I love, I love you. you. <laughs> Sorry. That was not good <laughs> listening. That was terrible. That was terrible listening. See, I was thinking about what I wanted to say and not listening to you. Well, so I, mean, I apologize. It's, it's very common for people <laughs> who are focused on podcasting. Yes, yes. Um, okay, real quick. What have you gleaned from difficult conversations of the, that you've had in the past? What have I gleaned? Mm-hmm. That people are not rational. That... It is extremely taxing hard work, but it is also very, very important. Mm. And the most important thing is that it's not always up to you. Mm. I think those may sound negative, uh, you know, once you hear them, but I think they can all have a positive twist. Like, yeah, we're rational beings, but that's what makes us human and interesting and multifaceted people, right? It's complicated, we're complicated beings, but it also adds a lot to our human experience. And also, um, what was the second thing you said? It's not up to you. It's not up to you. So learning to let go of that feeling that you need control and that you are always going to be able to guide the outcome or control the outcome. It's not always up to you. And sometimes it's really hard to let go of that control. But when you do, sometimes you feel this relief or this this freedom of not having to constantly be at the steering wheel or not being let down by an outcome that you expected to be the opposite. Yeah. And the second thing you said, I'm trying to remember. I forgot. Good. I forgot to... <laughs> <laughs> Let us know in social media or send us an email. Hey, you forgot this. <laughs> Wendy's being a shit listener. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else to add? I love each other, people. And love yourselves. Mm-hmm. 
And if you really, truly do that, we'll get to the other side one way or another. Your neighbor doesn't hate you. Your neighbor doesn't want to kill you, mostly. You're doing good. <laughs> you're doing great. Oh, you're doing great. That's right. We'll get we'll get through this together. That's right. We always have. Yeah. And I think that by engaging in these really tough interactions, um, yeah, they're uncomfortable and cringeworthy and raw. But yeah, you will feel very, very stupid sometimes. Yes. You'll feel you're gonna be in the wrong. You'll feel attacked, you'll feel right. hurt, but you will grow so much. Right. And maybe you might build a stronger bond with that person. Maybe it'll be the opposite where you have to say goodbye to them. Yes. But you're strengthening the relationship that you have with yourself and realizing what kind of energy do you want to carry on throughout the rest of your life? What kind of energy are you ready to say goodbye to? So I think you can shift your mindset to looking at it as a growth opportunity, if anything. Don't feel shame for not being able to help a loved one. Right. You don't have to find the answers, right? Yeah, you don't have to find the answers. Yeah, that's really true. I'm glad that we mentioned that at the end because it's a really big thing that sometimes we have a hard time letting go of, like not knowing exactly what to say or not knowing exactly what solution to provide for someone who's hurting. Yeah. But sometimes just being present and being a pair of ears for that person is the biggest thing that you can do for them. Yeah. One last thing that I want to say is if I love this conversation that we've had and I'm really proud of ourselves to be able to be enlightened enough to have this conversation and help other people. But I also don't feel like we are educated on this and this matter. So I would advise to people who are still struggling with that and would like to dive a little bit deeper on the topic of helping, having difficult conversation with with family and friends to listen to people like Brene Brown, mm. Louis House. They have amazing podcasts mm-hmm. and they are really smart people bringing a lot of enlightenment to people, mm-hmm. trying to help people navigate these kind of situations. Right. There's a lot of other people. If I find more, I'll put it in the description. Yeah, shout out to our friends at the Going There podcast. I'm sure they have an episode on having difficult conversations. If, you know, at least they touch on it in different episodes of their podcast. So check them out too. We we were really happy to collaborate with one of their hosts, Matt. So please head on over to the Going There podcast yes. and see what they're all about. They're really, really great and... Uh, we love the content that they're creating and I, we're sure that we, you will love it too. Mm-hmm. And, and finally, if, if you're really struggling, you can always reach out to someone for help. Yeah, yeah. Seek professional help or someone that you can confide in. Yay. All right. So should we just give a little bit of an update on what's going on here since we mentioned that we would yeah. talk a little bit about it at the end? So we want to give you a regular update about life in Japan because, as you might know, not many people have had the, op- have had the opportunity to come to Japan. I, I assume that 
they just want to know something else that's not what's happening in their country because, I mean, there's just not much happening, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Life has gotten too monotonous, I think. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I am sure you are aware that the Olympics are happening here. And we are not necessarily interacting a lot with the Olympics or rather not many things are happening around us, but we are definitely living in the country and seeing what things... How things are unraveling. How things are unraveling. Yeah. You know? I would say that we're not the most thrilled about the Olympics happening like a lot of people living in Japan are not. We're not the people who are outside of the government buildings protesting it, but that's happening even in this crazy heat. There's a bunch of people, I think mostly Japanese citizens, who are just not having it. And rightfully so, because we're seeing a lot of consequences that the Olympics 2020 has resulted in already. And how long has it been? It's not even been a week since they started. And it's just been one mess up after the other. And not only in the cases that have showed up, but also it's like the display of outdated behavior and ruling and, and things that just just wouldn't fly now, that it's very concerning to see like blatantly in your face, like why do we have to ask female athletes to wear this kind of clothes mm, mm -hmm. and male athletes don't have those requirements. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we putting these athletes in this situation where they have to perform in this heat that's horrible mm -hmm. and, and many, many other things? Right, right. I mean, you, you can go to the news and check all the stuff that's going on, but it is very shameful I guess it's something that's it's just always been like that, but it's difficult to put it on. The, on it hasn't been put on on, on the front broadcasted, line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how many people involved in the Olympics have had very shady pasts? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of come to the forefront of the news recently. Like personally, I. I was excited about the idea of having the Olympics here and being here, living here in Japan. But the closer it got, and especially after the pandemic, I just felt like I don't really want anything to do with it. Like, I've always been excited to watch it on TV with my family. That's always been a really fun event for us. But uh, it just, it, so many things are just pointing to a disaster and it's already resulted in a lot of terrible things like when it should be a celebration of all the nations coming together celebrating these super athletes and the hard work they've put in throughout their whole lives and especially this past couple of these past couple of years yeah there, there have been some shining lights like the stories of people who have gone through a lot a lot of sacrifice and training and just be the best version of themselves to be able to come to this unique event and they have come on top. It's very inspiring. And on the other side, also people who have had to make difficult decisions 
trying to take care of themselves and trying to make an example that some things are not right. And and those people, they may have not gotten a medal, but they deserve it mm-hmm. because in this day and age, the fact that we are still debating whether a person's mental health is more important than them pushing themselves to their limits. Or if a black man should be competing in a sport like gymnastics. like What? Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Grow up, people. Of course. <laughs> but with that, you know, that being said, we're just, I guess, hopeful that things turn out okay and we're just hoping for the best for the people involved in the Olympics because we are able to avoid all of those events and stuff and being exposed to people but uh, it's just it doesn't look good right now we want to hear your thoughts yeah because honestly our thoughts are not that great and i hope that someone can convince me otherwise like there have been some lights some good things happening it's been fun to to follow some of the stories and see some of the victories in the news like that's been really nice to put faces to the different countries and the athletes that are participating so yes please give us your thoughts about the olympics about what's happening in in the games and also if you have thoughts about dealing with the relationships please email us and and tweet us and dm us or whatever (laughs) just reach out to us we'll love to hear what you have to say and And don't be shy please share this podcast with anyone who might enjoy it um we we really enjoyed talking with you guys so we would just love it if you could share with others and get the word out about don't tell my grandma yeah (laughs) thank you for listening but your grandma that's right (laughs) no that's not true no include the grandmas too Thanks so much for listening today. I really enjoyed this conversation and learned a lot from my wonderful partner, Juan. As always, we hope that you find our conversation valuable and fun. (laughs) We had a lot of fun today and we hope that we grow with every podcast episode that we do. So like Juan said, reach out to us and leave us a rating and a review. Share with your family members, including your grandmas. Mm -hmm. You can see all of our links, our um, socials in the description. So don't forget to like, subscribe and follow and burp and (laughs) burp and derp. derp. (laughs) Thank you. I was at a loss for words there. Bye, we love you. Love you.